My Eagle enthusiasts, it's Fairway Rolling, presented by FanDuel. Major season is here, and you can get in on all the long drives, big putts, and major moments with FanDuel. Check out live PGA Tour bets like longest drive, round leaders, matchups, birdie or better, and more. Plus, track every shot in the app and watch select par three holes while you place your bets. Download the app today and bet with FanDuel, the official betting operator of the PGA Tour. Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. You must be 21 years old or older and present in select states. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Evernorth Health services. Costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care, and Evernorth is doing everything in their power to make that possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best. It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that'll benefit your bottom line. It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because they're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions, that's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Today's episode of Fairway Rollin' brought to you as always by our good friends at Callaway Golf. Callaway has launched its own Play Yellow golf ball campaign to support the Children's Miracle Network, Jack and Barbara Nicholas in conjunction with the PGA Tour, have launched a campaign that calls on the golf community to play yellow to raise money for children's hospitals. The goal of the initiative is to raise $100 million for children's hospitals over the next five years. Callaway announced last week its own play yellow campaign. They are donating $4 to the Children's Miracle Network hospitals for every dozen of the company's ERC Soft Yellow golf ball sold. So these these balls are only 40 bucks a dozen. They're great balls. They're terrific distance balls. If you get the ERC soft with the triple track alignment technology, you get them in yellow, and Callaway is going to donate $4 of your purchase to this terrific cause that Jack and Barbara uh, have, have got going. The PGA Tour is there. Let's all play yellow in 2019. Before we get to the show, quick word from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. If you are ever stopped at a railway crossing and the signals are flashing and you don't see the train or it looks like it's moving slow and you think to yourself, I can get across these tracks before the train comes, I don't feel like waiting, think about this. In 2018 alone, that's just last year, 270 people killed at railroad crossings that's unnecessary 270 stop because trains can't hello friends and welcome to this golf podcast unlike any other oh yeah we've done it you're here we've made it it's another beautiful week of golf on fairway Roll! <laughs> 
new golf podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by our pals at Callaway Golf. My birdie buddies, what a week. Our guest today, Patrick Mayo. You know him from his outstanding daily fantasy advice and guidance. He's at the PME. He's on FantasyNational.com giving out all great picks. We're looking at Quail Hollow this week, the Wells Fargo. We're also looking out forward a couple weeks to the beautiful PGA Championship coming up at Beth Page Black. Of course, Verno is on. We make our epic picks of the week. And Megan Schuster, speaking of epic, an unbelievable week in golf social. Some incredible videos. Phil Mickelson, Andy Sullivan, and Tiger Woods is limping, but we're not worried. All right, my friends, the first tee is open. Let's go up there and peg one. Ladies and gentlemen, now on the tee from Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, the assistant to the assistant pro at Cabot Cliffs Golf Club on Nova Scotia. This gentleman won the 2019 Fantasy Sports Writing Association Daily Fantasy Writer of the Year and the Podcast of the Year Awards along with the Fantasy Sports Trade Association Best Video Award. He is a contributor to DraftKings. He's on the Board of Governors at FantasyNational.com and host of the Daily Show and Podcast, the Pat Mayo Experience, the one, the only, Patrick Mayo. I always appreciate that when anyone lists stuff from Canada, they have to put Canada afterwards. Like people are going to confuse like Toronto with Toronto, California. I always like that. It's a nice ad. <laughs> well, look, I love Canada and I love all Canadians. I've told you many times that you're my second favorite Canadian right behind Aubrey Drake Graham. Uh, and and this is this convening of great golf minds has been a long time coming. And by great golf minds, I mean you have a great golf mind, and I read your content, and then I parrot that shit when I come on my own podcast and, and so forth and, and uh, try and, and give you props as much as I can. But we've been I've been uh, uh, an admirer of, of you and Feinberg and the, and the fine work that the two of you do on, on the Pat Mayo experience all the way back to the, to the good old days of Danny Willett in 2016. Back when we used to hit winners. I've been living off that pick for like four years. <laughs> well, it was a big hit. I mean, what, you guys, I didn't get in there until he was at 50 to one. You guys had him at, at what? We got him at 150. It really worked out perfectly because he won in Dubai the same week that we hit Duffner to win Career Builder. So we like yes. the account overfloweth. And whenever you hit a winner, you're like, well, let's, let's take a gander at some of these major futures out here. It's like Danny Will is like the 10th best player in the world. They haven't adjusted his odds yet. Let's just dump on that. I mean, it, it paid for over half my wedding. So I, I love Danny Willett for life. I throw five yeah. bucks on him every time he's in a tournament, although he's like garbage now. Well, but still, that, that's, that's just paying it forward. You, you've, you've, you've taken all the glory. The, the winner of the 2016 Masters, nobody heard of him. Uh, before and really nobody's heard anything from him since but that that's the moment and that's when I knew that that we were you and I uh and, and brother Feinberg were going to have, have a long uh and fruitful relationship of of content uh uh comparing and and content admiration uh speaking of of, of content admiration I have been a subscriber to Fantasy National 
Com, really since its inception. Um, and I want to share with all the fairway rolling listeners what this fantasy national machine is all about. So I'm, I'm giving you the floor to, to tell, tell our folks about fantasynational.com. The easiest way to describe fantasynational.com is it's basically the pro football focus of golf. Like if you're trying to do golf research, you have to have the official world golf rankings open in one tab and then the PGA tour site open in another tab. And all of a sudden your computer's running slow because you have 28 tabs open. And you can't find the information you want to find. It's all at fantasy national. You can sort by any date range. It's a huge stat database. And the best part of the site is no one's going to influence your picks. It's just data that you can make your picks out of. And it's super easy to use. So it has all the tools. Like if you play on DraftKings, it'll spit out ownership projections. It gives you a lineup generator. There's a tournament simulator where we run it a thousand times, 10,000 times. So like I always, I mean, I, you're the same way. We like to bet outright winners. We like to have the yes. fun of doing that. But like the real value is made on like top 20 bets and in play head to head, like the live stats from the site alone are worth the membership because we have been killing head to heads. All you really need to do is just find out, Hey, this guy gained like eight strokes putting in round one. Yeah. He's going to have a terrible day tomorrow. Find the guy who lost four strokes putting and was all over T to green. And this fantasy national just spits out the information for you. So whether you're playing daily fantasy, whether you're betting on golf, whether you just like to see who's good and who's not, because you just enjoy the lovely game. Fantasy national is the place. It's so easy to use. Yeah. I, I love, you know, the thing about the moment that we're, that, that we're enjoying in golf analytics right now is, you know, virtually every event on tour it's very easy to get your arms around what the crucial um, metrics are going to be for that particular venue. Like, you know, it, it, it's, it's like a couple strokes of, of, of the Google or just checking in with some of your, some of one's, you know, sort of trusted uh, consigliaries when it comes to um, the golf uh, gambling content. Okay. This, this, this quail hollow uh, uh, event, for instance, driving distance, very important. Uh, strokes gained off the tee. Very important. Uh, what else? Uh, it, it, it's crucial. You've done the work already. Yeah. So the thing that I found, because they did the complete rent, they changed the greens in 2014. They went from Bent, they went to Bermuda, overseeded with POA. And then before the PGA Championship in 2017, the year that the Wells Fargo was at Eagle Point, they they made a new hole. They extended the course. It became super difficult. Like It was no walk in the park to begin with. But now we're dealing with it's a par 71. That's almost 7,550 yards. So you got to be long. Like the last guy to win this event at this course that didn't finish in the top 80 in driving distance was Jim Furyk in 2007. So we've seen Derek Ernst here win in the past. So it would lean me towards the bombers here. The big difference is if you're going to take a bomber, you have to have someone with a short game. Like this is what we saw from Jason day last year. Like his irons were not sharp. And if we remember on the 71st hole, he got bailed out by hitting the pin on that star three, but his up and down game was just out of control. So if you can bomb it out there, it's a lot like heritage in that way. I mean, heritage is a significantly shorter course, but if you can miss on the proper side of the hole, I was going to say right side of the hole, but then that, that gets confusing. Like sometimes it's better to be in the right rough 
in the first cut than it is to be on the left side of the fairway because now you're not dealing with bunkers. You're not dealing with water. You're not dealing with awkward pin placements that you need to be able to get to the level that you need to get. Like, even looking back, five of the past seven winners of this course have finished in the top 10 at Quail Hollow in one of the past two seasons. So there's a local knowledge that goes along with this and just playing a lot of rounds and having that up and down game, a lot like Riviera. We've seen J.B. Holmes and James Hahn. They both won at this course. I mean, they're not particularly great players, but there's something about the shot shapes off the tee, the distance off the tee, and the ability to navigate around these green complexes that are just eerily similar. So if a guy plays well at Riviera, chances are he's going to play well at Quail Hollow as well. Yeah, so the the categories that you identified, the key stats, uh, and all of these are things that you can... uh, The reason that I wanted to sort of go through this is because... Fantasy National makes it super easy. You just plug in these these metrics that then you have in front of you with the stroke of a of a of a couple keys, you know, immediately a listing of of a whole variety of names of guys that perform well in these categories. But we talked about strokes gained off the tee, driving distance gain. Uh you just talked about how crucial it is to have a good up and down game. That strokes gained around the green. Uh, proximity gain from 175. You know that that is that old. Uh, this this used to be, uh, I think, a, a little bit more of a second shot course, um, and and I don't know that that's the case any, anymore. And then and then par fives gained. Um, so all the you know th- those are categories that suggest that you need to be getting off the tee. And I love the way that this sets up for Beth Page because. You know the, the the one aspect of of this place that's going to be different from Beth Page is you can miss, um, you can be in the rough here and not really get yourself in 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 jail. Uh, the rough at Beth Page is going to be absurd, um, but you have to have the the distance, you have to have the length, you have to be able to hit irons in from one seventy five and one eighty five and and one ninety five at to to be successful at Beth Page. So it gives us, I think, a little bit of a feel for you know guys in form and and you know it's not going to be a big surprise i the, these names at the top of this list obviously you know uh rory duh uh i'm actually uh interested i'm not um i haven't seen tony fee now as sort of widely celebrated for for this event um uh, as i would have anticipated after his good masters why why do you think tony's not um uh included among sort of the the, the leading contenders for this thing well, I mean, it's just tough to bet Tony as an outright because he never wins. Like, he's yeah. the ultimate top 10 bet, no matter where he goes. I mean, this was the site of Rory's first PGA win. This is the site of Ricky's first PGA win. Obviously, Justin Thomas's first major. And if you think that Tony Finau is in that mold, like, he can rise to that level eventually in his career. Like, his skill set is perfect for this. The one thing that he doesn't do well is he sucks around the green. And that yeah. tends to take him out of contention in some of these tournaments. And we always like to say that Tony goes full Finau where he'll par somehow the easiest par five on the course. And then all of a sudden he'll make like a 55 foot birdie putt on a really hard par three. And somehow he finds himself to level water, but he's a bad Bermuda putter when you go through it. And frankly, he's just not having that great of a year. He had the good masters. Yes. But other than that, like he was garbage at Valero. He's making cuts, but nothing that you really want to see of him. And for a while, like the players, WGC, Mexico, Genesis, Pebble beach, he was gaining like, four or five strokes putting on the field. And Tony Finau is not a good putter. So eventually right. he's going to switch back the other way. Like if he can harness the around the green game, but like he's still listed at 20 to one this week. Like he's among the favorites. Just, I can never find a reason to get behind Tony Finau. I did to myself in Phoenix, like an idiot. 
I was like, I'm going to have Tony Finau and Ricky Fowler. They're both 20 to one. I'm going to bet one of them. And I was like, this is a great spot for Tony to win. Not the guy who plays well out here every year. The guy with multiple PGA wins with worldwide wins who comes inside the top 10 of every major. No, I'm just going to go with Tony Finau and he's going to gag it away and miss the cap. Well, I, I bet Phil for that one. So uh, I, I share in, in your pain, uh, that, that and Phil, after shooting, you know, he was three or four under on the first day, and then came out and he just hit eject on Friday. Uh, that's my 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 behind is still sore from that one. So we we obviously uh, like Rory. His his credentials at this event are impeccable. Um, give give us a couple names that that folks may not uh, be anticipating um, for for daily you know for for the daily fantasy the DraftKings lineups where where are you seeing some value of out of names that are not you know uh, household golf names well for me like i look at rory and whether it's the betting market he's 6 to 1 DraftKings, he's 11 8 so if you have to compile a team and you're using a ton of your salary cap on rory like this deal has 156 players in it and the bottom part of it not great so if you take rory you're basically banking out like seb straka to make the cut yeah. and that's not really a position you want to be in. And Rory, in fairness, did not play great at the PGA Championship here. He wasn't lights out a season ago. He's clearly playing a lot better now than he was 12 months ago. But maybe this new layout for Quail Hollow, he's still taking the time to recalibrate just a little bit. So I can fade Rory at the top. Like, I'm not betting anyone at 6-1. to one. That's never happening. And even right, when you look at, like, Dave Fowler and Rose, they're all, like, 10-1. to one. Like, give me a break. That's not why yeah. I'm betting on golf for outrights. I want a big payday. For DraftKings, I actually do like Justin Rose because no one wants to take him after he screwed everyone at the Masters. But I think starting off, if you look at sort of a complete player and you're getting a discount on his odds because he's coming in at 25 to 1, and you think about somewhere like the PGA Championship, like it's a longer course that can correlate well with this. But if you look at some of the shorter courses that might correlate well with Quail Hollow, because Sean O'Hare has won both these events, and he's now the back-to-back winner of the Valspar, that's a hard course. That doesn't necessarily require the same length off the tee, but Paul Casey has it. He's excellent off the tee. He's lights out with approaches. And his around the green game has been tremendous. And if you go to Fantasy National and you sort by lightning greens and fast greens, because these greens are super quick, Paul Casey, while not a great putter, is inside the top 10 in strokes game putting when you dial it up to 11. Actually, it'd be like dial it up to 14 on the stint, but you know, if we're going to use spinal tap, we'll stay with 11. <laughs> I like Paul Casey. I, I am. I still. I, I played he and Justin Rose both for the Masters, and I'm a petty <laughs> dick. So after I get effed by guys like, like that, you know, with with an inexplicable uh, eject uh, performance at something where they've been, you know, lights out for some number of consecutive. I I I the the play I see here that I might consider is Paul Casey at two to one odds uh, to top ten. I might mess with that. I, I, I couldn't pick Paul Casey to win this event. Um, I'm still uh, very, very hurt by him. It's, it's tough to go into a window and betting Paul Casey, considering he's only won twice in the past 10 years and it's been at the same course. So right. the top 10 is probably a more logical wager, but I'm not here to make logical wagers. <laughs> I want to win. It's just like, yeah. I, I like Patrick Reed this week. And Patrick Reed kind of goes completely against the narrative that I've spelled out. But when you start looking at courses that are over 7,400 yards, that plays difficult relative to par. And this does. It was the hardest course two years ago. It was the fifth hardest course last season. And that includes all the majors that Patrick Reed, just for whatever reason, like he won at Beth page the last time they played there for the Barclays, like four years ago, something about these long courses. He has a win at Doral that 
It, it just speaks to Patrick Reed. And he's sort of like a mini Dustin Johnson in a way where if Dustin Johnson, you've got to September and he hasn't won on tour yet, he's going to win sometime soon because he wins every year. Patrick Reed is almost in the same boat. And I mean, he donned the green jacket. He hasn't won since. So it's about to become Patrick Reed time somewhere. Like he's 40 to one. You can find him as deep as 50 to one at some place. I believe DraftKings Sportsbook has that number up that you, you might as well just bet him every week. I mean, there's like 10, 12 good tournaments that he's going to play in left. If he just wins one of those, you're getting four to one on your money. I don't, we need to see him string together like just two rounds though. He, he there was a big deal about him changing. Uh, you got a whole new set of irons. Titleist made a set of irons for him that were supposed to be replicas of what he's playing. You know, the Callaways that he'd had previously got all beaten up. And then he, he did, he made this big public statement about how much he loved those things. And then he shot uh consecutive rounds of, of over 75 for like the next six rounds. And then Justine had to put him in touch with David Ledbetter. And, you know, I, 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 it, do we think that the performance at the masters is, is reason, you know, cause for, for a, a, a reset on Patrick Reed? I, I don't think so. I, Patrick Reed is one of these players like Martin Keimer is another player like this. I mean, the guy has two majors, but most of the time you look at his numbers, like oh, he just comes 50th every week. This is kind of strange, but when they get into contention, they win. And it's just like a light switch with Patrick Reed. All of a sudden, like his swing is off. He's shanking it everywhere. He always has an immaculate short game. And he is one of the better putters on tour. I mean, putting is fickle. Uh, the worst putter in the field can be the best putter on any given day. So it's really hard to track putting stats, but it's his swing. You can tell almost by like hole five with Patrick Reed that like, Oh, he's got it. And when he's got it, remember when he won Doral and he claimed he was like the fifth best player in the world or like top oh, five in the world, a great moment when he's rolling, when he's rolling, he's not wrong. It just, he's not rolling most of the time. So you almost <laughs> have to cast a wide net with him that yeah. I think it's going to happen for him soon. I have no idea where, I don't think the course matters because when he's playing well, he's like, he is a top five player in the world. Yeah, he's he's literally fairway rolling. I love it. Well done, Pat Mayo. I appreciate it. Okay, well, in both of those guys, those are two like contrarian flavors, which is nice. I saw on your list, and I I, I uh, talking to my compatriot uh, Chris Vernon uh, down in Memphis, uh, and he had a visit with Keith Mitchell um, this week, who was down there doing some some uh, promotion for the WGC event. That's going to be in Memphis, Tennessee at the end of July. Um, wh what do you think about Keith Mitchell? 90 to one he's available at right now. Yeah. Killer Keith is my guy. It really sucks because he was one of these guys that was like 225 to one, 200 to one a year ago. And I was just hammering him every single week. I did a season preview. I was like, Keith Mitchell's going to get a win this year. Then I forgot the guy can't putt on POA. So I stopped betting him on, I bet him like twice on POA and he was an absolute disaster. I was like, he's Bermuda Keith Mitchell. His only positive yeah. putting stats are on Bermuda. He gets to Honda. I was like, ah, short course, not going to bet him. Of course he wins. Uh, looking <laughs> at statistical modeling this week, uh, he's number 12 when you look at the past 36 rounds. And just for reference, like Rory's number two, Rose is number nine, Hideki's number six, Casey's number five, Woodland is number three, Lucas Glover's inside the top 10. So I like Killa Keith down at 90, but I'm such a sucker house. Every single week I go to the window and I say, this is the week that Luke List and Bjorn Hanan are going to make three foot putts. <laughs> and every week I look at my bank account and I have to tell my wife that, you know, they, that money's there. That, that's coming like in a week's time. Don't worry about that. Like these guys just suck money out of me. 
if it's I just... can't help myself, Yunhan Ann rates out better than Rory at this course does. If you extract putting from it, but at Quail Hollow, it has the it is the course with the most greens where they miss most of the time inside five feet of any course on tour, and the most missed putts from inside ten feet. Now these two guys, they already missed those putts, so that's fine. Uh, if everyone else starts three putting like them, as long as they're not five putting, that's where they can make up the gap. They're sixty to one, eighty to one. If the time is going to happen, like Ben Ann is an immaculate driver. He's top 20 in driving distance, seventh in approach, the best player around the green. Luke List, awesome from beyond 175 yards. One of the longest players in the world, fourth off the tee. And unlike most of these bombers, really good around the green. It's got to happen for these guys sooner. Like my house is going to be repossessed. <laughs> well, I like both those guys. Luke List is available at plus 240 as a top 20. Uh, our boy Keith Mitchell is available at plus 315 to top 20. And I'm looking for Benny. There's Benny plus 212. So the all three of those guys, uh, Benny and, and Luke available at better than two to one odds. And our boy Keith Mitchell be- at, available at better than three to one odds. Just a top 20. I like those plays. That's you mentioned at the beginning of all this. That's where the value comes out. Maybe just just do that for your wife. Could you just do a little bit of top 20 action? Is that enough? I could, but I'm still living off that Willett pick. I was like, honey, Danny Willett paid for our wedding. I owe it to Doug. Luke List could basically pay for a second. He can pay for my second way. He can pay for the divorce at this point if he ends up winning. I'm so into him. Uh, But the thing is where he's like, he lingers around like 80 to one, a hundred to one that you can't really be too dejected when a guy who's 80 to one doesn't win because you bet him 20 times. Like if he comes through on the 25th time, I still got four to one on my money. And trust me, I pumped a lot of money into this. Yeah, I I get it. That's right. You need a little ROI there. Speaking of ROI, I know you and Feinberg have started your early looks at at, uh, Beth Page. You have some thoughts uh, on on potential value. Um, I have to begin with this. Did you guys, did either one of you put anything on Tiger at the Masters? No, 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 we didn't. Me either. I didn't. You know, in fact, I live bet everybody on Saturday and even um, live bet Molinari on Sunday. And I deliberately didn't live bet Tiger. And when he hit the ball in the trees on number 10, I immediately pulled up the live bet to see he was hovering around plus 275. So just under three to one. And I was dying for that to get jacked up into like the four plus four something range. And then I was just going to hammer in a little bit. And it never moved. It stayed right where it was. And then it, it went the direction that it went. Um, so I, I left. All I had on Tiger for the week was a top 10. That, that, that came through. <laughs> so. the, the, the problem is, like, if you're live betting Tiger, no matter, like, what Tiger's odds are, and this was always the issue when you were trying to bet him before he became Tiger, at least Tiger 3.0, which we know yep. now is that they know everyone wants to bet Tiger. So they're never going to give you good odds. Never going to get it. And it doesn't move like for some guys, you know, it, it'll move based on what the T-ball does. Not Tiger. Didn't move one iota. Um, what, what are your guys? Are, so, so we're just going to dismiss Tiger. There's no value there. He's eight to one um, on the books that I've seen so far at Beth Page. Um, going to sit back and admire and, and root for him. Uh, to play well, uh, where is there any va- is there any value at this stage? We're a couple of weeks out, Pat Mayo. What are the value plays you guys are imagining for for uh, the PGA Championship? Well, we know this is a tough course, so you have to think. You need to be long. You need to be able to ball strike, and you need to be able to stand over a ten foot putt and not have your pants go brown. 
So yes. I was looking at Gary Woodland, and that's my issue with Gary Woodland, that if it, if it comes down to like a critical eight-footer, I mean, I've watched this guy miss two-foot putts to miss the cut. That's not great. So I'm thinking that weather could play a factor in this. If the weather gets cranked up and it's cold, it's windy, I mean, it's New York in May. You could have a bad weekend. Then someone like Brennan Grace all of a sudden is someone that oh. I have some interest in. But like in ideal conditions, I want nothing to do with that guy. So that's something for like value wise right now. He's like 125 to one. That if you want to get in, I don't hate that. Sergio plays this course immaculately going back all the way to the first U S open in the early 2000s to the Lucas Glover win, even through like when it played at the Barclays, he's 40 to one. And like, if Sergio tanks this weekend, that number's going down. No one walks up saying, you know who I want to bet this week? Sergio Garcia. Everyone hates the guy's guts. They'd rather bet like Patrick Cantlay. So You're right. Sergio, I think, I think Sergio is a good value. And I feel like Tommy is at a site at a mind at the moment that he's not probably going to play again until the PGA championship. I see him as low as 30 to one right now. I like that number a lot that you might even get some drift by the time it comes along because he was the darling, but he didn't win. Now everyone's on to like Xander Shifley and everyone's on to Tony Finau and Cantlay and, and these sorts of guys. And people are going to hype up Kuchar, although I think he's too short for the scores. You have someone like Tommy Fleetwood. We know his track record at us open. And I feel like this is going to play like a U.S. Open. He is one of those players that's long, he's straight, he's good around the greens, and he's not a great putter, but he is an extremely streaky putter, and he's good inside 10 feet. And we saw that he can go dismantle a hard course last year at the U.S. Open. He always has that one round. Saturday, Tommy is someone you need to watch out for because that guy's prone to shoot like 77. But he might bounce back the next day with the 63. If he can just keep it together for 72 holes, Tommy Fleetwood could win the PGA Championship. I love him. He, he's. I'm staring at him right now at 30 to one. The, the another name um, that interests me, based on the bad weather possibility, is Mark Leishman. I see him available at 58 to one. Now I don't know what his track record is at Bethpage. I'm interested in, in taking a look and seeing what his. Uh, past experiences have been but whenever i think of like stuff blowing and you know bad conditions and guys in in rain jackets i think a leashman because i think about you know what he did at, at st andrews that year not i'm not drawing any comparison between st andrews and beth page i just think that he's built for you know um the playing in the wind and playing in adverse conditions what do you think about him at that kind of number I, I don't hate it. It has to be windy, though. And I always yeah. get really worried. I know he's Australian, but I see Mark with a C. I think French, and I'm like, Ugh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I can't see this guy coming through down the clutch. Hmm. So, I mean, I'm still mad at Mark Leishman. I had a huge Kevin Kisner outright at API like two years ago, and he just stormed back and beat him. Now I hate Mark Leishman. Sure. But I get it. And yeah, if you crank up, there are certain guys in the weather, but it's the same reason that I bet Dustin at the Masters, that is there a course that's better suited for Dustin Johnson than this one? Like him at the top scares me. It's like Rory this week for Wells Fargo. Like if Rory just turns it up a little bit, Rory's going to win by like a bunch. So I don't want to make too many wagers knowing it could just all be dead money. If Rory shows up, that's why I feel about Dustin and potentially even a ROM at Beth page that they are the best for this type of course. Now, whether they can actually come through on that, like ROM doesn't have a meltdown. Uh, while the broadcast is going, I start smashing gloves like Happy Gilmore, that they possess every skill that you need. Rory, too, but Rory's more erratic off the tee. Dustin hits it long, Dustin hits it straight, and nothing phases the guy. So if the PGA Championship is going to be won at like five under, that just reeks of Dustin Johnson. And 
that's all that scares me at the top of this board. So kind of off Leishman, but Tommy's a guy I feel like can compete there. Yeah, I like that a lot. What about Frankie Molinari? There was d- distance questions with him, and that really flavored how everybody thought about his performance potentially at the Masters, that it was too much golf course for him. But I, I honestly think, you know, notwithstanding what happened on 12, the majority of what he did at, at the Masters was kind of an eye-opener for me um, because he handled the, the the length in a way that I didn't anticipate he was going to be able to to uh, navigate. Do you, do you think there's any value? I see him right now at 22 to 1. You see, 22 to 1 is like a pretty good number. Like most of the players, Stuff I'm seeing is like 14 to one, 16 to one. Like they have them, they have them above Rom, they have them above Day and Fleetwood. And when you start assessing the value of these odds, like if we can get Tommy Fleetwood at 30 to one, and let's say Molinari is 16 to one, does Molinari have a bet twice as good of a chance as winning as Tommy Fleetwood? I would say no. So I yeah. feel like he's now priced with the Brooks Kepkas of the world or somewhere just below it. It's the same reason to always not bet Ricky Fowler that he's priced right. up like one of these elite players and he just never comes through with it. But I think I would start if I wasn't just going to take all my money and bet it on Dustin, which I'm not above doing. That's what I did at the masters and it didn't work out. I was two inches away from being able you to really were, it, you really were, it didn't work out for me. So if I start looking at the twenties, you got like Fleetwood and you got day and you got Xander and you got Bryson DeChambeau, who I think is going to win a major sooner rather than later. It seems like the computer is a bit out of sorts right now. Someone took a grand hand and chucked it in the computer and it screwed up the motherboard, <laughs> but he'll figure it out. And he's not you know, bad at hard courses either. He's got length. He's good around the green. It just, is his putter going to show up that day? And I don't think that anything's going to phase him uh, when it comes down to this. I would just love to see him. And we've seen so many bad guys win. And I love Bryson. I think there's a select few people who do like him, but he's generally treated as a villain when it comes to the larger golf community like a Patrick Reed, like a Sergio. I feel like Bryson's on that trajectory that people just like to root against them. You need villains when it comes to this. And, you know, it, it was the year of the villain two years ago. It was the year of the villain last year at the Masters. Maybe it's time for Bryson DeChambeau to show up and actually win one of these things. I, I'm right there with you in terms of him being a guy that is going to win a major. I just don't like how he followed up his opening day uh 66 at, at, at the masters with, you know, a, a string of, of misfortune and, and, and poor play that never really subsided until Sunday. I don't, I can't make any sense out of it. I, the, the computer, as you say, was in disarray. Uh, and so I, I just, I'm in a wait and see mode. He could go up to Beth page and win. I mean, he's got honest to God. T- we talked about Lucas Glover, um, in this Quail Hollow thing. I have no idea why I think of Bryson DeChambeau as having a game that's comparable to, to Glover, but that's why my brain ha- makes that connection for some reason. And Lucas Glover, you know, is a U.S. Open champion. Uh, and so I, I you know, there, there's no reason that, that Bryson can't, you know, string it together. He just hasn't. So, you know, in, in the majors. So I, 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 I'm, I'm, just, I'm just nervous. It makes me a little nervous, Pat Mayo. We'll, we'll get a better number on him the closer it gets, though, is the best thing. That's the same thing as Reed, same thing as Sergio. Ian Poulter is always undervalued in all these things because everyone hates Ian Poulter. But that page isn't going to be a course for Poulter. Like Pebble Beach might be a course for Poulter because it's short enough that he can rely on just hitting some fairways, getting it up and down, and making a few putts because we know that putter can get hot. Terrell Hatton, another one for Pebble Beach that you're probably not even considering 
at something like this. I would even go back and look at, I mean, Spieth can play long courses just because Spieth is good. I mean, he was good. He's no longer good. But when he was good, he could play long course as well, kind of like Patrick Reed, despite being a shorter hitter. But I look back to that British Open when Spieth won, when it was him and Kuchar in the end. But you had guys like How Tong and guys like Brennan Grace. If the weather does get cold and the weather gets windy, like it'd be those types of guys that maybe it's not an outright, maybe it's a top 10, maybe it's a top 20, but those would be the guys that I would have on my radar. And I'm never going to count out my main man, Benny Ann, because he will be putting for birdie <laughs> from 16 feet on every single yeah. hole. And he might shoot five over par. Yeah, I mean, I just can't believe the, the Benny love. It, it's real. It's real. Well, look, Pat Mayo at the PME is your Twitter handle. You can catch all of his uh, insights on the DFS picks, he gives gambling tip picks uh, and tips uh, for golf every single week. The value plays are out there right now for the PGA Championship. And in the, the run-up to that event, uh, there will be lots and lots of, of crunching numbers at FantasyNational.com. So we'll compare notes, my brother. Thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having us. It's been a long time coming. I appreciate it. Yeah, and I insist on on you returning the favor sometime along the way here. I need to get on the Pat Mayo experience. You just want Feinberg to start crying on the show. You're going to make him cry by making fun yeah. of like Melvin Gordon, aren't you? Yeah, it's a, it's it's a fact. I'm going to tell him that that Philip Rivers' kids are all adopted. Oh, he did, he would leave. He would quit the show. <laughs> Thank you, my dude. My friends, quick break to talk about ZipRecruiter. Hiring used to be hard. Multiple job sites, stacks of resumes, a confusing review process. But today, hiring can be easy, and you only have to go to one place to get it done. ZipRecruiter.com slash rollin'. ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. They have powerful matching technology, and ZipRecruiter scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. Right now, listeners of Fairway Rolling can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address at ZipRecruiter.com slash Roland at ZipRecruiter.com slash R-O-L-L-I-N. ZipRecruiter.com slash Roland. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Ladies and gentlemen, now on the tee from Minneapolis, Minnesota, the head pro at Cedar Home Golf and Aquatics and a nominee... For best Juicy Lucy hot dog snack shack innovation 2018, Megan Schuster. Yo, Schusty, how are you? I am fantastic. Thank you for the marvelous introduction, House. Well, they're your accolades. All I do <laughs> when we come up, this is the PGA Championship, and we honor those PGA professionals out there from all walks of life we had to hit your hometown and your your uh you know the place where you really got your reps coming mm -hmm. up and and i mean the juicy Lucy, the juicy lucy hot dog what what a deal fantastic yeah i mean what more could you ask for really really what more could you ask well you know what i could ask for <laughs> what's that 
Another video from Phil Mickelson. Oh, well, and guess what? He delivered. He <laughs> delivered house. We have, I mean, we, this is perfect. Just, you know, just iconic stuff from Phil once again. So he posted the latest installation of his Phil Kwando series on Monday, which if you haven't been following along, is the series where Phil teaches everyone how to get hashtag calves like Adonis. So I first of all wanted to start things off by trying to reclaim the term fitspiration for Phil by suggesting that we start spelling it with a PH instead of an F because Phil is really, really on top of this movement and is really giving the people what they want. So... He posted well, this wait, video. Wait, wait, what's, what's fitspiration? Fitspiration. It's like the Instagram term when you follow people who are super fit. They show you all the workouts that you should be doing. You know, it's just inspiration, basically, to go out and go to the gym. Yeah, that's, so there, there is, it shouldn't be a surprise to anyone that I was unfamiliar with that term because <laughs> I follow none of those people on, on Instagram. Yeah, it, it's, truly a, it's truly a look, um, but I think Phil reclaiming it would be a great thing for him and for the world, truly. Um, so he starts off this video on a high note by referencing all the bombs that he tried to hit at Augusta, you know, reiterating that that is his goal this season, which he said many, many times. Um, he starts talking about, you know, which muscles are important if that's your aim, whether it's your arms or your calves, whatever. And then he proceeds to brutally roast Bubba Watson saying that, well, apparently you don't need either of those muscle groups because Bubba's one of the longest drivers on tour, which, you know, after his roasting of Matt Kuchar during the master's video, we shouldn't have been surprised by this, but it was, uh, just really next level. I felt like. You just don't expect the the, the casual savagery. Mm-hmm. I mean, this this really is the theme of 2019 for Phil. It's his calves and his bombs, and th- th- that's that's all we're talking about. Is that right? That's right. That's right. Those are like if you were to power rank Phil's priorities right now, it seems to be one hitting bombs and two trying to inspire the people and give them uh, some great calf workouts. So part. This video was supposedly parts three, four, and five, which was, it was basically the same workout. You're just adding weight each time. So he's doing some calf lifts, uh, you know, starting out with the body weight. Then he gets in and starts lifting body weight. Plus he adds a few hundred pounds house. Like this is not <laughs> casual weight. He just, yeah. sl- he slips under this bar to do some calf raises and just subtly says, yeah, you know, you should add a few hundred pounds to this. So... I am suspicious. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm a little skeptical. Okay. A couple different possibilities. The the real the the part of it that that uh made me pause in terms of the plausibility of it was when he goes one foot. And he, yeah. and, and and it's and he and they're pretty deep knee bends, a lot of pressure on the calf. I was worried that one of the calves was gonna explode, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. <laughs> Now he is a world class athlete. He's a world class bomber. Mm-hmm. So I feel a little bad, you know, c- expressing any skepticism whatsoever when it comes to his his uh, 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 calf command. But I I don't know. I, I'll just put it that way. I don't know. I will say I I too came away with a few questions. Um, first of all, he said that he had you know been working with his trainer that day. They had just finished a workout, and we're now getting into the calves department. So 
I'm wondering if he just like saved up all of the like leg day juice so that he could do a couple calf lifts with a few hundred pounds when maybe that's not his normal traditional workout. Just wanted to show off for the people. Um, There was also some uh, interesting editing where when he goes under the bar the first time, you don't really see the bar when he's doing the leg lifts. So I would never want to question the integrity of Phil and his video team. (laughs) However, there is a question that we can raise, but well, I I do love that you uh, referenced his leg juice. And let me emphasize <laughs> that again. Juice. When we're talking about all this extraordinary weight that may not, may not be on his shoulders for these very deep uh, calf bends, uh, yes. calf lifts that, we're, that he's in, uh, working on. Yeah, I will say the, the one thing I was happy about coming away from this video is that it seems like we pretty much got confirmation that his calves are not implants. So that I was I was pretty reassured by. It's a relief. It's a relief. <laughs> yeah. So this is it. I mean, this is going to be the the season of Phil. We have, you know, Tiger is the king of the golf kingdom. We're going to, Phil is what? Is he the charmed prince? Like, I mean, he's, it's, it's, it's not fair to Phil to just refer to him as the joker or the gesture. He's much, much more. He has got the power and skill of a wizard. His, his life continues to be charmed. He's got that, that win already this year at, at Pebble Beach. And, you know, these these videos to all of the members of the kingdom are really um, just so inspirational to all of us. I, I, I just can't wait to see what comes next. I know. I'm, I'm very curious to see how he expands the Phil Kwando series since it, it sort of feels like we've reached his end with the Cav videos. Like now that you've. Oh, I don't know. You don't I don't think know, so? Shusty. I don't think so. Oh, okay. All right. All right. We'll see what else he can come up with, I guess. I mean, it feels like he could be pulling a, an automobile behind him. <laughs> Maybe he could, you know, resistance training. There are a lot of different ways that can go. I mean, That's it, true. He, there, there's jumping, there's plyometrics. I mean, we haven't seen his 46 inch vertical in a little while. There's all kinds of stuff. Schusty. Yeah. Maybe we'll just start getting videos of Phil sprinting up and downstairs. That would be, that would be pretty great. That's right. (laughs) All right. Well, what else do we got? We have another video that we should talk about this one. uh, Not quite so inspirational, Uh, a little bit more concerning, although I'm trying my best, my very best to reserve judgment. Um, On Thursday, golf TV posted a video welcoming newly crowned masters champion, Tiger Woods to their set. Uh, Tiger and Golf TV have a partnership now that got announced late last year. They're doing a series of head-to-head matches together, some content partnerships, exclusive programming, all that jazz. So the fact that they released this video makes sense, and Tiger more than likely got the sign-off since they're partners. Um, however, I it was concerning that uh, throughout this entire 35-second video where Tiger like gets out of his car, walks through the set, gets congratulated, uh, he limps throughout the entire video. Um, I am not a doctor. I would certainly never want to try and anticipate what's going on. Um, you know, like this could be any number of things, like maybe just some tightness from just having played the Masters. Maybe he just like pulled a hamstring. Who knows? Um, but this sort of coming in conjunction with him announcing that he's no longer um, going to play the Wells Fargo Championship, which many thought would be his pre-PGA kind of tune-up, uh, what do you, what is your concern level with this house? It is a zero. Okay, it's a, it, it could be a, a negative number. I I am equally bemused by this video uh, it, as I think about it. it it's it's uh, how they conceived of it, its execution, 
the point of it, the whole thing feels a little bit like a parody. Like it could mm. be a play, except for everybody is so sincere and genuine. And it looks like it's the golf TV people, their first opportunity to congratulate Tiger on winning the Masters. And they have a giant cake. And I was very excited to see that cake. And mm-hmm. I was interested in knowing what kind of cake that was because yeah. – as a you know uh, noted uh, food expert, I, I really these are the things that catch capture my attention. <laughs> I I believe that it was the goal was to sort of capture Tiger like a day in the life kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like this is a spontaneous thing where he's walking in with his new peeps and they're so warmly excited for him and and you know this is just him taking a moment out of his day to be with this great new group of people and. A hundred percent, he's coming from his leg workout. Like mm-hmm. he, he, in the same way. He, in fact, who knows? Maybe he just left Phil Kwando, uh <laughs> parts three, four, and five. Could be. He's, could be. He's certainly now. You're. You. I think your uh, observation is astute, which is, you know, it looked like his uh, tightness was sort of higher up the leg. It wasn't. It didn't look like a calf tightness. He wasn't tiptoeing gingerly, right? The way you, that you would if you had calf strain or pain um it looked like he'd got maybe done uh 600 on the on the on the on the power press mm-hmm. uh, the leg the seated power press with the legs and he and he busted out you know three sets of 15 on the with the 600 pounds on there and if you're coming right from the gym you know you're you're you're, you're still feeling it um and, he, and maybe the workout was to make sure that's what gave him clearance to go have the terrific cake that he knew he was going to have uh, <laughs> lined up for him. But this is the way that I prefer to think about Tiger where it was at this moment. It was kind of funny, not haha funny, kind of curious that for um, an outfit that uh, its, its goal and intention is to deliver Tiger television content that all of the parties involved thought that him having this pretty pronounced limp was how we wanted him to be shown at this moment but mm-hmm. look they're the experts they're all the ones that are putting they're going to be putting out all this uh, terrific stuff what do i know i'm just a dumb golf podcaster <laughs> sitting here talking to you shusty so who what, what what who are we right no and and i tend to agree with your assessment i will say when the video first got posted i had to like stand up walk away from my desk and take a lap because i almost had a panic attack thinking that we were back in the the dark the dark days of tiger um but the more i thought about it the more i realized that like golf tv isn't going to post anything that like truly is showing tiger in a negative light you know right they're working right, so closely exactly. together like they both must have, you know, watched this video and come to the conclusion that like this isn't, you know, a serious issue. Otherwise, you would think that they would have likely edited around any of the limping, you know, just gotten some like shots of his happy face walking into the cake or whatever. Um, so the more that I thought about it from that perspective of, you know, Tiger, I'm sure gave the OK to publish this. And if he was actually concerned about what it showed, you would think that would not have gone out. So um, I agree. I don't think I'm too worried about it. Um, I'm actually very pro him just taking some time off before the PGA Championship. I mean, obviously, um, he's in great form. He just won the Masters. So I don't think that he needs a tune-up. He's, you know, won at Beth Page before. So I, my concern has been lowering since the day of the publish. But I will say I had um, a spike of anxiety for about 10 minutes after I saw it go up. I get it. I I understand it. I feel like that might have been deliberate. 
And maybe maybe we're at this point where Tiger's, you know, driving everybody off the scent. He doesn't mm. want anybody to know what he's doing. He wants everybody to see him kind of, you know, in, in living his his real life and that includes, you know, coming from from the gym uh and and he's he did he, it could have been a, the entirety of it could have been an affect, right? It could have been a put on. Sure. Maybe he was hit out out uh, working on his chipping, and he's like, "Watch this! I'm going to walk in here looking like I got a limp because <laughs> I just I just chipped for three hours." And that and that's really what I, he was working on, you know, fine tuning uh, balls, you know, touch balls out of the out of the rough. Mm-hmm. But that 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 that's the version that I'm I'm prepared to live with. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good to me. I'm I'm okay with it. Okay, I know there's at least one more. Yes, yes, another another video. We just we're full of videos today, House. Um, this one comes to us from the uh, wonderful European tour, who I just want to give a quick shout out to. They are consistently great on social media. Um, their pre and post Ryder Cup skits with their team. Uh, they just give fun points of access, just like generally a fun social media approach that other tours, cough cough, the PGA could take note of. Um, but right now they're doing this running series called Chase the Ace, where they give pro golfers 500 chances to hit a hole in one. So last week, Andy Sullivan went on and uh, this word gets thrown around a lot, but this video is like truly iconic. <laughs> um, it was great. They brought Andy to the London Golf Club and set him up. Uh, he comes into it really positively. He says he was dreaming about hole in ones the night before, just seemed ready to go. The shot production of the video is great. The concept is super fun. But overall, it's just especially great because they let Andy really be Andy. Like, he cusses like a sailor almost the entire time, which, side note, I'm just glad to know that golfers are still somewhat relatable because if that was me out there, I would be doing the exact same thing. Um, And they just let him roll with it. Uh, You really see, like, the full range of frustration to elation when he eventually makes the hole out. Um... It was just an extremely fun and enjoyable experience. So a couple thoughts. In the first place, uh, kudos. I'm going to echo your kudos to the European tour because uh, up to this moment, how in the hell would I know what a charming fellow Andy Sullivan is? Right? I was stunned. But, right. What a charming fellow. <laughs> that, was, that was my first reaction. Like, I love this guy. He was so invested. He was so earnest. He was so sincere in his efforts to to accomplish this and he truly lived that that golf experience of trying to do something that you know you can do but being frustrated by how close you get and not actually you know pulling it off it just so happens that it's an unbelievable extraordinary thing that he's uh, attempting to do and you know i was fortunate when when i received this video the link that I got took me right to the video and I watched the entire video and then opened up into a broader browser and immediately saw that it was a string um, that included his statistics mm. of of how well he did. So I didn't know. I honestly, when I started watching it, didn't know that he was going to make the hole in one. Right. It became apparent over the course of it um, that he was going to. But uh, like the proximity to the whole stuff is effing incredible. I mean, these, these, these pros are, are good at golf. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's the understatement of the year. It's incredible how close he got uh, uh, an enormous number of times. And, you know, it only took him 230. He right. didn't need 500 balls. Right. Like uh, it's, you know, the, the, the odds of a, of a regular person or something in the 20 to 30,000, you know, one in, in, in 25 to 30,000, 
he was a one in 230. And, you know, when, when he, he made it, the elation that he experienced, the <laughs> exhilarating uh, celebration was just like every one of us would, would feel having made a hole in one. You want to sprint the entire length of the hole up to the cup and immediately grab the, the, the stick out and get that ball and kiss it and put it in a, in a cherished place. And it couldn't have been more exciting. And he really let us live that with him. Yeah, I don't think we can overstate just how amazing that celebration was. He ran down to that hole like a madman, like arms flailing, sprinting down a hill like he was like a five-year-old. It was really, really great to see. And I also want to echo what you said that he was just so invested, which made the payoff that much greater. Because if you come into this video and you have someone on there who's, you know, sort of trying to make it like in there for the laughs, like, you know, was kind of forced to be there. It The product isn't great, but he clearly so badly wanted to hit one of those hole in ones that it was wonderful. Well, and I, you know, uh, his, his 200 time, his 200 meter time, you know, it was 171 yard hole. Uh, it's a 171 meter hole. Pardon me. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Euro Tour, uh, you know he he looked like he was moving. He might have yeah. done Phil Phil Kwando two three and uh, I mean three four and five, uh, not not immediately before because you know he, he that would have taken a toll. But he was. He was picking them up and putting them down. I was impressed. Yeah, he was booking it. I, there was one point in the run down the hill where I was a little afraid that if he like caught the wrong angle where he planted his foot, that he might take a take a roll down the hill instead. But overall, just great stuff. That would have added to it. So here's <laughs> we're we're gonna make the request. You began with this. We just have to be pretty close to the point in time when the PGA Tour and the European Tour start collaborating because. Mm-hmm. We, we need to see our U.S. guys. There's a lot of personality. You know, it, that personality is is wanting to, to bust out. And we need our guys in situations that let some, some like, genuinely relatable kind of stuff come through. It's why the spring break stuff was such a, a huge hit mm-hmm. with Jordan Spieth and Justin Thomas and Ricky Fowler and Smiley Kaufman, R.I.P. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you know, that... Seeing those guys, you know, drunk and jumping off of balconies and and you know riding the golf carts the way mm-hmm. there there is a place for a relatable re- relatability um, that that makes the 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 players on the U.S. tour you know more accessible and it doesn't have to involve you know getting drunk or whatever but mm-hmm. let's all think about ways that 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 our guys can get some of this wonderful shine it honestly. Uh, this is going to sound like a backhanded compliment, uh, and maybe it is. It's the single best thing that the European Tour does. There's, there's just, mm-hmm. it, it, it's just an unparalleled achievement, uh, and 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 I, I want them to keep it up in the same way. Re- really, Phil is our only hope. <laughs> Phil Mickelson is our only hope to compete with 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 uh, what the Euro Tour tour has going on when it comes to the to the video game. I hope uh, I hope Phil takes a page out of his. Ryder Cup playbook and kind of groups everyone together and sits them down and says, hey, look, we got to get better at this social media thing. We have to collectively kind of stand up to the European tour and say, hey, we can do this, too. We have fun players, too. Hopefully he can lead that charge. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I think that's it. Yeah. Good times. A lot of golf social. Uh, you know, hopefully the, the, the videos, uh, keep coming fast and furious like this, right? Shusty. I certainly hope so. 
Okay, we'll be back. I'm going to see you next week. I will be in Los Angeles, California. We'll sit at a table. Between now and then, we can only hope there are, there are a handful of glorious videos as good as this week, and uh, we'll chop it up. Yeah, I can't wait. Awesome Golf Social with Shusty. We got Bruno coming up next, but first, a quick word from our friends at Ethos. You may think you don't need life insurance yet, but if you have loved ones who depend on you, you need to have a plan. Thankfully, Ethos makes doing the responsible thing easy. With Ethos, you can get covered in 10 minutes online or just sign right up from your phone. No pesky paperwork or pushy salespeople. Just choose a policy that fits your needs, fits your family's needs, and don't waste time deciphering fine print. Ethos treats you like a person not a risk. They work to make sure you have the right policy for your lifestyle and budget. They have a dedicated customer support team right here in these United States to help with any questions you may have. Visit ethoslife.com and click check my price to get started on the quick online application. Ensure your life today by going to ethoslife.com slash fairway, F-A-I-R-W-A-Y, to apply online, ensuring your life and providing your family with financial security has never been easier. That's E-T-H-O-S-Life.com slash fairway. And you're 10 minutes away from your estimated rate. Make sure your family's future is safe no matter what. Today's show also brought to us by our friends at CBS Sports. Hey, podcast people, do you miss it? When sports networks cover just the news and highlights without all the yelling and the fake debates, you know how we feel about that. That's why I'm watching CBS Sports HQ. What is CBS Sports HQ? It's the free 24-hour sports network that is built for fans like you and me. Loving that I can get tons of highlights, analysis, and instant game reactions. Everything that matters about the game without diving into the political and social issues like on other sports networks. If you enjoy placing some bets, yes, I do, or competing against your friends in the fantasy league, their experts are always dishing out their top picks and advice to help all of us win. So check out CBS Sports HQ. It's always on. It's always free. No need to pay a subscription fee or have an expensive cable package. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone fire tv roku or apple tv and you can start watching today ladies and gentlemen now on the tee from memphis tennessee head pro at the snowman trail golf and country club importer at snowman of gus's fried chicken chris vernon Welcome. House, I will tell you that you saved me. It was a week ago that we gave our picks for that ridiculous tournament in New Orleans. <laughs> I went with the Patricks, and they yeah. did absolutely nothing. Can't lay yeah. and read. Yeah, but can't I said, lay. you know what? I'm just gonna. I'm gonna let. I'm gonna let houses. I. You know what? I think they might win this thing, but I'll at least do a little safety here and do uh, top five. And sure enough, it cashes. There you are nope. with Kevin Kisner. You convinced me when you told me that, uh, you know, he loves to crack beers and those guys are big buddies. And there they were with the top five finish. So kudos to you. 
they keep on keeping on doing it. I the biggest surprise to me, we had them at thirty three to one, and if you play them in, in that top five, that's pretty good odds you get. You don't get all thirty three to one, but still, uh, you know, what, did you get something in the in the you know ten to one, twelve to one range, maybe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's about what it was. I'd have to go back and. I'd have to go back and look. I mean, I don't know. It's in the middle of a bunch of losses, so I got to find the one shining light. Well, speaking of, <laughs> of, of losses, let's go ahead and jump right on into uh, this week in Tiger Woods. Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Woods. <laughs> so I'm not going to call it a loss that he's not playing at the Wells Fargo Championship at Quell Hollow down there in Charlotte, North Carolina, because I think it it's it's probably for the best if he uh, has made the reason decision uh, and used his his business judgment that the right thing to do for him after winning the Masters to prepare properly for this event up in New York, the PGA Championship two weeks away is to just get himself resorted out and 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 focus on his health and the rest of it. Who am I to quibble, Verno? It is a shame uh, simply because there's so much talk about how guys that can be successful at Augusta can be successful here. That being said, we have to trust the process house. He had <laughs> oh, told I love us it. The whole, he had told us the entire time, everything is planned to lead up to the majors. And so it worked out for the first one. Who are we to tell him when he should be playing and when he shouldn't? I look and, 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 uh, you know, we, we expressed some concern out loud about the fact that he hadn't been pushing the pedal too hard. We hadn't seen him actually, you know, competing in the run-up to the Masters. He wasn't, you know, uh, ever threatening to win any of those events. But we sort of took a step back and said, well, maybe it's deliberate. He's, he just needs to get the rounds. He's competing. And, you know, for the for over the course of the year, we were high identifying positive trends you know he was getting rid of some of the three putts and his his ball striking was good and he was hitting the ball in the fairway and he was placing you know each each successive week you know a little bit higher up the leaderboard but not threatening to win and we just said well i don't know maybe this is all part of the plan maybe trust the process now look i i i do have a trust the process question for you and it's this. Did you see the video of him limping into uh, that, that celebration with the golf TV people last week? I did not. Oh, yeah. I know you, you were busy over the weekend. Yeah. So he he gets out of a car. This is sort of like a day in the life thing. There is a video snippet that golf TV posted. That's his new partner that he's doing all of this content abroad with his new television partner. And or internet partner, digital partner, whatever you call TV these days. I'm so old, I don't know what to call it. Um, but he, they, they have a little celebration for him, and they have a cake and stuff, and they show him getting out of the car, and he's walking in, and he's got a noticeable limp. Like, and I, to me, it looks like he's both limping with both legs, uh, like he just came from from a, a heavy leg press day. Um, but the, but the internet was, was worried. There was a lot of concern out there amongst the golf Twitterati about the state of, of, of one Eldrick Tiger Woods. And, and, you know, the news had emerged at the beginning of that week that he wasn't playing the Wells Fargo. And then at the end of the week, we see him walking with a limp headed into his cake party. I, I, 
I'm not concerned. Uh, I think it was just. He's getting a little bit older. It could be a pimp limp. You know, it could sure. be doing the dolomite act. <laughs> uh, maybe. He, hey, he's got maybe, that swag, maybe, that master maybe, swag. Maybe it's uh, repercussions from that bozo flying into him at the master. <laughs> I hope not. Oh, God. Yeah, right. The lingering effects of, of the security uh, gentleman that, that almost took him out. Gave him the ankle slide. I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I'm, I'm tell you this. Listen, you and I are around the same age, not too far off from Tiger. And if I do anything the least bit physical, the next day I'm like walking gingerly. <laughs> I, I mean, how about this? At my advanced age, I'm sore after playing golf. I mean, every time Everybody I play golf, is. I, yeah, I got to go. I, I get on the roller. I'm rolling it out. I have yeah. this. Uh, I have this tool that I use. Uh, I think it's called a tiger bar where you rub the muscle. Yeah. You know, it's got, it's got a, uh, uh, it spins Look. on the, and then I, I got the ibuprofen. I got the Aleve. I mean, of course. I've, I've, I'm, I'm on kids. He's had four back surgeries and four knee surgeries. He can do yeah. it. He can walk however he wants to walk. <laughs> what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, that's what do you right. Think? You, think this, you, think, you think this guy's going to be, uh, you know, walking around like he's Usain Bolt? I mean, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Four back surgeries. I'm sure everything hurts every day. It's a good point. It's a good point. Everything except for his bank account. Yes. So uh, this week's event, we don't have Tiger uh, at down, yep. down at Quail Hollow, but we still have a, a very, very impressive field. And this event is sort of, you know, may, I don't. The, the tour has to figure out what it's going to do with some events because some events are getting kind of compressed. By this new uh, schedule where, where we've got, you know, this in succession, five straight events plus the WGCs of, of you know, super high quality, super competitive um, golfs, the, the, these, you know, uh, not, not, not quite platinum events, but, you know, these gold events, uh, you know, Quail Hollow is perfectly positioned, but next week, the Byron Nelson I don't know what kind of field we're going to have for that. And I, I'm bummed out a little bit because I love that golf course at Trinity Forest there in Texas. They, the brand new core Crenshaw um, that, 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 that they uh, opened up and had a tournament at uh, for the first time last year. But this Quail Hollow thing really is, I believe, a terrific test for and a, a terrific preparation for what's coming up uh, at, at Bethpage. It has n- nine of the 11 par fours at this golf course, Verno, are 450 yards or longer. So this is one where you better have driver and driver better go far. And, you know, you better be uh, uh, at some at some yardages hitting into these greens um, where you have, have a chance to, to you know, um, get yourself on the green. Because if not, you just don't, you just don't have a chance. Yeah. And one of the things that we, you know, it used to be, that people thought it was a second shot place. And now, and there's so many of these guys that are bombing the ball off the tee. So many of the good ones that when, even when I was trying to weed out, you know, when you're trying to figure out like, ah, I don't know if he hits it far. They all hit it so damn far now that yeah. now it's just, okay, who do you think's going to play really well this week? But you're right. And those, those, those 450s, I mean, that's the, that's the difference, right? You, you know, yeah, it's it's a big difference. Everybody out there knows it's a big difference. If you got one eighty in and you got one fifty in, you put a That's pro it. out there with one fifty to go, 
they can knock it within 10 feet, you know, over and over again from 180, even for them, it's a different deal. And so, but now it's hard to find these guys that can't get it, you know, damn near 300 yards or more out to the fairway. So you'll probably have a lot of guys getting their 150 club out. Yeah, but I it, it, I still think there is an advantage uh to um you know the guys that that can hit it. Now there there isn't a ton of rough, so it's not like being in the, off the fairway. They 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 cut down a bunch of trees and they didn't really grow the right. rough up too crazy when they prepared this thing for the PGA Championship, but it's still an event where you you know to win it you're going to shoot between like 9 under and say like 12 13 under it's not one where guys are going to go out there and shoot you know a whole string of 66s uh and, and you know the 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 thing that we've observed Jason Day won it last year he averaged 325.7 yards off the tee 326 yards off the tee and the 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 litany of of winners at this at this joint JB Holmes Rory a couple times, Ricky who's not short by any means. I mean, it's it's a it's a pretty impressive list of long ball guys. So, uh, you know, that that's kind of that's that's definitely affecting my feel and flavor for this. Let, let's go ahead and get started with uh our epic flash picks of the week. Epic flash presented by brought to you by the good folks at Callaway. This driver, speaking of good drivers that go a long-ass way, they use an innovative flash-face technology created using artificial intelligence, which is right up our alley, Verno, machine learning to promote faster ball speeds. We need machine learning for these picks. And Callaway continues to have the most PGA Tour driver wins of any brand and the most worldwide tour wins of any driver brand in 2019. A very impressive uh, roster of wins on tour with this epic flash. All right, what do you what do you got for me? Who, who what, what kind of names are jumping off the page at you? Okay, so I'll take you through a few. Uh, the first, obviously, Rory has won there twice. He's been second. He's been fourth. He's been eighth. He's been tenth. He's missed a cut once but his odds are horrible. So we're throwing him out. Okay. But if he wins the thing, I certainly wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. We don't play him. Webb Simpson, I considered uh hometown advantage. He, uh, because, and he's made 10 of 11 cuts. He has not played all that well at this, but it is hometown advantage. Um, and he has been playing well recently, including just 65. It's the uh, third round of that heritage. And so yep. I kind of looked at him, but what I am landing on house, and we are throwing statistics out the window. You may or may not know that it was uh, the Honda Classic earlier this year. And while Brooks Kepka and Ricky Fowler were charging there at the end, there was a man named Keith Mitchell that was able to hold them off. Whoa. Keith Mitchell has had a very good year. He has had a very good year on tour thus far this year. But you may not have seen him in New Orleans because he wasn't in New Orleans. He was Where hanging was out he? with me. What? He was hanging out with me in Memphis in, in promotion of the WGC event that is going to be coming, the FedEx St. Jude tournament that has been around forever. is a WGC event now. 
Um, and Keith Mitchell was in town doing all manner of Memphis things, including stopping by and 27 years old, went to uh, the University of Georgia. Unbelievably, uh, when I met him and started talking about all manner of things, what I did not realize, he's only 125 guys on tour. Three of them were together on a high school team at Chattanooga Baylor, which is a private high school in Chattanooga. Um, but anyway, I loved Keith Mitchell. Keith Mitchell, who plays damn near every single week, took one week off, and in that week was with me. Therefore, okay. Keith Mitchell now turns around, and, and hey, and you need a bomber anyway. He bombs it off the tee. The odds are long, and so we are going with Keith Mitchell, who is the first time I ever met him. I love the guy. Great guy. And I think any golf fan would warm up to this guy. Um, I'm a big fan of his after being around him. So I'm rocking with Keith Mitchell. Uh, and I do think it's good for him. I think it's a good course for him. And the other one was I saw, I think, now you tell me, because I'm sure you've got the odds right in front of you. I saw Fino at, it was over 20-something, right? Over 20-something yes. to one? Yeah, I'm messing with that, too. Yeah, I am you're messing with that. You're talking my talk now because I I had two guys. Finau was one of them. You just put me on Keith Mitchell. I love that story of him uh, this season. I was so impressed by that victory at the Honda. He knew exactly what was at stake, and it was big boy Ricky Fowler and big boy Brooks Kepka waiting for him to not make that 22-footer so they could all go be in a playoff. And we've seen this story a hundred times on, on the PGA Tour where some guy who doesn't have a bunch of wins on his resume, but he's looking for his first win, plays great all the way up until the last you know couple of, of, of holes and then has a chance to go grab the tournament by the testicles and then just isn't able to do it and gets into a playoff and, and it's the vet that, that's, that, that ends up pulling through. We have two guys this year uh, who are presented with that. Uh, the gentleman, I believe his name is Adam Long, who won the Desert Classic out in, in uh, Palm Springs. He, he was up against Phil Mickelson and Adam Hadwin on the 18th hole. He birdied that hole. The other two guys did not. He won the tournament. And Keith Mitchell at the Honda, which is at, at PGA National, one of the hardest uh, uh, tracks they play on tour, which also bodes very well for his fortunes here at Quail Hollow. Quail Hollow always in the top five of most difficult tracks that the guys play over the course of the year. And a number of the holes at Quail Hollow rank in the top 10 as most difficult holes that they play all season long. Keith Mitchell available at 90 to one. I'm going to get a taste of that, but I'm glad let's that you go. Let's, let's go. I love <laughs> uh, the two guys that I had in mind uh, just because of, of this metric that, that um, we're driving distance and strokes gained off the tee. Are, are two cru- crucial uh, uh, advanced metrics that, that the guys uh, who have won here have excelled in. And you have to be a long hitter and you have to be you know ahead of the field in terms of getting on the green. I like Tony Finau quite a bit. He's available at 22 to 1. The form that we just saw out of him at uh, the Masters was impeccable and you know him faltering down the stretch was not uh anything that I would hold as a black mark against him. He just feels very due. He played great. He was he was the co-leader in par 5 scoring at the Masters. So you know all that length comes into play. He's able to put it 
to good use. He's four for four in made cuts at this event. He had two top 25s. I love Finau at 22 to one. The other guy I'm looking at, and this this could be because he put up another unbelievable video just this, just this week. Did you see Phil Mickelson and his new Cavs oh, video? <laughs> you, you, you are persuaded by the killer Cavs. Well, he's hitting bombs, Verno. All he likes to do is hit bombs. <laughs> and then those Cavs are helping him hit, hit bombs. He has an incredible record. The only time he's missed the cut at, at Quail Hollow was at the 2017 PGA Championship. So, uh, you know, that that to me, that's a different kind of event. You know, it's it's a it's a major who knows what was going on uh in his life at that moment. He's second in all-time earnings at this event and he's got eight top 5s at this event. And, you know, Woo. I I just think, you know, for for the value of Phil at 28 to 1 at this sec at this very very moment and what he's going to be trying to do in terms of getting himself in shape. Now, I like the 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 the, the idea of guys who need to be able to hit the ball far and, and straight as a preparation for Beth Page Black because that course is a bear. And that golf course, you cannot be in the rough on that golf course. You have to be a straight driver on the golf you were course. Talking about, you were talking about these videos and stuff, and obviously his master's video. I mean, I was laughing out loud. He was yes. hysterical. And I, I cannot help think that I guess he's in a different spot in his life and whatever, and he's obviously a gazillionaire now. And whatever. But, like, everybody's always kind of known he, he can be goofy and he's, he can be funny. You know, it was known as that, a guy that likes to mess with people and whatever else. But I was thinking, myself, like, God, you know how much more popular he would have been, let's say, a decade ago? I mean, he was already, you know, if you ask, like, the average person, like, I'm talking about somebody that doesn't care about golf. They, the, the recognizable ones to them are Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson. Like, they have, they've crossed over beyond uh, just golf famous to famous famous, right? Absolutely. But, I mean, if he would have showed all this personality, like, he's legitimately funny in these, and if he would have showed all this personality, Right at the peak of his powers. Oh my goodness, how popular! I mean, he was all—he was already crazy popular. But the dude's like—I mean, I, I watch it and I'm like, man, this guy could have been like hosting Saturday Night Live, like for real, you know? Maybe that's coming up. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Ten years ago, that he would have had the same kind of self awareness. Like I think he's matured yeah, into this into the the role that he's currently playing, and he seems so acutely in tune with this stage of life and how he's going to hold himself out to the rest of the world. We've been talking on golf social with Megan Schuster, my girl Schusty. He's no fucks. Phil. He just gives zero fucks. He's, he's, it's, yeah. a, it's a wonderful moment in his career. And, you know, how about this? He validated his, you know, the sort of liberating effect of his attitude by going out to, Pe to Pebble beach and winning, you know, earlier in the yep. season, and, you know, he was around the hoop for a little bit there at, at the Masters. He wasn't able to to move off of uh, six under, um, but he, he put a little charge out there going on uh, uh, the first few holes on Sunday. I thought maybe Phil was going to be on the leaderboard there for a bit. But, you know, he's still playing outstanding golf. Uh, and you just pair that up with with how, you know, he's he's just so full of himself. 
Yeah, no, he just didn't show this. He did not show, you know. I know. Maybe it does take a level of time to have that self-awareness. He's legit funny. Like, legit that, funny. That Masters video where he's pulling up and he makes the dig on Kuchar, he's talking about just hitting bombs. I mean, God. I, he's doing Hilarious. the same thing. He's got the recipe for bombs, uh, you know, with this Phil Quan, the, the 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 calves, Phil Quando, you know, calf building three, four, and five. So I I, I got to give him up uh, as a pick this week at twenty eight to one. He, he I don't know whether he's going to win at some point. Uh, you know, his his record here feels like he's got to win, and who knows? You can't you can't just flatly dismiss him now. Uh, it, it's warm enough down there in Memphis for you to start playing some golf. Am I right? Oh, indeed. I, yes. Yeah. Yes. Finally, and it's been, it's been rainy in the South, uh, okay. throughout the last couple of months. So finally the rain has cooled out a little bit and my brother, will I be getting out there ASAP? Yeah. So I, I, you, we've been talking oh. on the show. I, I told you we needed to get you hooked up with some new Callaway equipment. To get oh. your game game in order, and we got you. You you went online there, and you said, "Well, I mean, let me see what catches my eye." And the next thing you know, the Callaway Apex nineteen irons, the number one irons in golf, and of course, you selected them in the murdered out, beautiful smoke uh, 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 flavor that they have available. And I, the story you put up last night on your Instagram was was an incredible homage to these beautiful weapons. Oh. Well, to shout out to Callaway and you. There it was at my door, and I, I last night they were at my door, and I went in, I opened them up, and I'm not telling you this. Like, listen, obviously brought to you by Callaway, but I defy anyone to objectively look at these clubs and not say they are the most beautiful golf clubs they've. It's like I don't even know how to describe it. Like black, like it's almost like. Like the club heads are like black pearls. Like they yes. shine like crazy and they've got this indention in the back. They are honestly the prettiest golf clubs I've ever seen in my life. Um, I could not, be- I mean, listen, I've had all manner of golf clubs and the, the ones I am replacing that I've been playing for the last uh, two and a half, three years are Callaway Steelheads, which were, sure. they've got the black, they've got the black head on them which I had uh, prior to, and I, and I like those clubs a lot. But, I mean, you want to talk about getting thrown in the backside of the garage. <laughs> These <laughs> things? I mean, this is, seriously, it's like I had, you know, I don't know, like I guess when I was in, when I was in college and then post-college, I had this old, like, uh, it was like a silver Honda Civic, like this used silver Honda Civic that I had for a long time. And I remember when I signed my first, big radio contract i took that thing straight in and i bought a new car right yes <laughs> and like, sir uh, and and then you look back at the honda Civic, you're like damn man like that's a different thing <laughs> that's a different deal <laughs> my steelheads were getting the civic no no the steelheads were getting the civic treatment last night <laughs> i was like all right I'm you guys like like uh, listen good run not all yeah. that actually. If I'm and and then I as I had the conversation with the old club, good run. I mean, not not really good run, but it was good. <laughs> I mean, you had some good shots. You didn't. It's not like I hit a hole in one with you or anything. Yeah. But like, look at these things. They are gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And I got and I got the wind grips on them because I got I'm, I'm I'm I got the sweaty hands. 
I saw that. So I, love I love those, those. dry tacks. The dry yeah, tack man. grips. I love those things. Yeah. Yes. Well, and 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 the color profile. You you put together a color palette that's that's just very attractive. These things look so good. I feel yes. bad that you're going to go out and and smack them around in in the in the dirt and the mud and be getting divots on them and everything. But oh, I know you'll, you'll take my, good care of them. When when I pull up, when I pull up with these, yeah. my my opponents. Oh, I mean, they're, they're gonna they're gonna be urinating all over themselves. Oh dear! Oh the, no! The match is the match is over, house. The match is over. The second I pull that thing out, they say, "What are those?" <laughs> well, you know, I'm itching to get get down there, and you and I are gonna, uh, you know, hopefully be able to work out a little visit uh, during the WGC that's being hosted down there in Memphis. And I insist that we go. I need to see those things in action in your hands, my friend. Oh, I cannot wait. They will be in action either uh, late this afternoon or early yeah. tomorrow. All right. All right. I love it. Okay. Berno, we're, we're back together again next week. We'll uh, talk about how we did. Hopefully, we, we gave out a couple winners to everybody. I'll talk to you next week, buddy. My man. Thanks, Al. Always. There we go, my par-saving pals. We are in the thick of our preparation for the PGA Championship, just two short weeks away. Next week, we're going to review how we did at Quail Hollow at the Wells Fargo. We're going to do a little preview of the field at the Byron Nelson. I love that Trinity Forest golf course. We have a great guest coming up. I'm not at liberty to disclose just yet. and We're really honing, fine-tuning our thoughts on the PGA Championship. Until then, my friends, let's all hit them straight out there. All right, my Eagle enthusiasts, I'm going to end with another word from the good people, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Here is some good news. The number of collisions involving a train at a railway crossing is down 83% from its peak in the 1970s. The bad news is there are still more than 2,000 incidents a year. This is unnecessary. Stop, because trains can't. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.